Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Junction 28 Church. We're so glad that you've decided to join us today and know that God wants to bless you with this message. We'd love to hear about it, so why not tell us on our Facebook or Twitter pages? If you would like further information about who we are, check out our website www.thejunction28church.com. We hope you enjoy this message. verses 5 to 8. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Tonight, I, I want to speak to you from this few minutes about being a servant. Being a servant. Were you blessed this morning when we had those four guys out, when we had Elaine and Dave and James and Chris out this morning? Our deacons, the servers. And if you want to know about deacons, where it all started, you can look in Acts chapter 6, I believe, when they appointed people to serve. These were the first deacons. And serving is something It's just so great, and it's lovely to see them up here with willing hearts ready to serve. You could write a thousand sermons about servants, you know, but this is just a little one with my thoughts. So what is a servant? If you ask people what they would do if they got a lot of money, most people would say having a servant because people think they've made it. Ooh, I have a servant. In our worldly society, we want to be served, not served. Can you remember, oh, I've got a cloth here. Can you remember Roy doing this a while ago? We have to look at the analogy of serving, not mentality of. And that's the mentality that we need to get ourselves into as we start thinking about serving. You know, over 100 years ago, a young girl might have had a career in service. And from a young age, she would have gone to work for somebody who needed servants. And she'd have all sorts of jobs to do. Fetching the polling, making the fires, doing the laundry, no washing machines, doing the cleaning. It was a hard life in service. They had to do all the menial tasks. And, you know, people today would... um, really think, oh, I couldn't not do that. We've just grown up with having everything um, automatic or done for us, haven't we? And it's, it's an easy world that we live in. But if you've, when you, you've got a servant, people think it's the, you've reached the peak. However, as Christians, we don't think about what it's like to have a servant. We need to think about what it's like to be a servant. How can I be a servant? And do you know why we should have that mentality? Because it's a command to us from Jesus, our servant king. In, Mark, in Mark's gospel, chapter 10, if you want to follow this, I'll give you a second. And I'm going to read from verse 42. This is what Jesus said to them. Jesus called them together and said, 
You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the example that Jesus is setting us. This is the one that we are following when we take on that mantle of being a servant. Jesus measures greatness in terms of serving. To be like Jesus is to be a servant because that's what he called himself. You know, Paul calls, says to us that be imitators of Christ. And when we're going to imitate somebody, you watch them. Even now, you can watch. I've watched my grandchildren over the years. I do something, they do something. George used to be a favorite. He used to follow Stuart all over the house. And whatever granddad did, he did. If Stuart sat on the floor, he sat on the floor. If he crossed his legs, he crossed his legs. He was so much wanting to be an imitator. Out of love. Because you love someone, you want to be like them. Jesus, our servant king, wants us to be servants too. Because he came to serve. So let's have a look at some of the ways that Jesus served. I think my favorite way is um, in John's Gospel, chapter 13. When Jesus, it was after the meal, before Passover, Jesus took off his outer garment, wrapped a towel around his waist, got a basin, filled it with water, knelt down and washed the disciples' feet. Now, I don't know about you, but some people get funny about feet. <laughs> my mother was funny about feet. When she had um, a knee replacement, you have those tight stocking things on, you know, and she couldn't get them off. So I used to have to go every morning before work, take them off, wash her feet and her legs for her, and pull them back on again. And she was more embarrassed about me having to wash her feet. And I said, Mother, for goodness sake, just let's get on with it. It doesn't bother me at all, but I know some people are. But Jesus, the Son of God, Danny reminded us the other week that he was human. He was human. He did these things. He knew the things that would bother him. He knew some people would go, oh, no couldn't do that. But this is a servant. We can do things for him. And then when the when he'd risen from the dead, he was um, the disciples went back to what they knew. They went back to fishing. Jesus went onto the beach that morning and he made a fire. Again, I mean your task, your servant would make a fire. And he cooked some fish on the fire. He took on the form of a servant. That's Peace in Philippians says the very nature of a servant. Being in very nature God, he took on the nature of a servant. Fantastic, isn't it? To think that our God would come down and serve us. He served the crowds, he fed them. He served the lepers, he healed them. He told the mothers to bring their children to him. He didn't turn them away. Nothing was beneath him because he came to serve and he expects us to do the same. So if we want to be like him, if we want to be a follower, a disciple, we must first become a servant. It's the only way to grow in our Christian faith. Jesus, our Savior, Lord, friend, King, was first of all a servant. In Luke 19, verse 10, he says this. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He didn't say, I came to work miracles, or I came to show you what power I have. No, his primary function was to serve, to seek, and to save. And even now, he has our intercessor on our behalf. 
to the Father. In Romans 8, verse, verse 34, we read this. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God the Father, is also interceding for us, still serving. He's interceding on our behalf with the Father. He's still serving. So we too should serve and be servant-hearted like our Lord. Did you know that service is a gift? If you read through the gifts given by the Father in Romans um, chapter 12, there's prophesying, there's teaching, there's encouraging, but there's also serving. It's a gift. And God's giving you this gift of service. I think it's fantastic when people just serve, you know. It really blesses me. It really does my heart good just to see people serving in church and serving each other. So you have been given a gift. God has put into us different gifts to be used for him. Serving is one of these. And we have been given people to help us step into the service that God has called us to do for him. If you read the gifts in Ephesians 4, the, the son gifts, that so Christ himself gave his apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? It tells you in the next line. To equip his people for works of service. That's why. That's why we've got Danny and Paul and Nathan. They are equipping us to serve. Isn't that good? We're not on his own. We're being equipped. Here we are to serve one another, the body of Christ, other believers, our brothers and sisters, to serve each other. This is our purpose and the reason why we must be a servant. So that's the why. We know why. We know about the equipping to be a servant. So shall we look at how we can be a servant? As a servant, we should always be thinking, how can I make the best of this gift of service that God has given to me? Now, I've got my beautiful assistant with me tonight because we're going to do a little demonstration for you. And uh, she's going to put the buckets out. And um, I need somebody who's at least under 40 to put their hand up and tell me what this is. No, it's a bucket. Well done, Julie. You do not win a prize. Pick it up on the stage and stand up here. Okay, hold it up. Hold it up high. Anybody know what it is? A yoke. Show my work. Well, she had a right job with this this morning. That bit goes down. Oh, has she changed it? Okay. She's very awkward. I couldn't, I couldn't trust. No, 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 no. She's going to attempt to put the buckets on. <laughs> ah, there we go. Now, how far do you think she'd be able to walk like that? And with full buckets. Thank you very much. She's just giving you a demonstration. This is part of our, okay? Thank you very much, Alan. If you want to put it on a chair, then people can look at it. Now, how did I get this yoke? Well, this yoke belonged to my grandfather. And it was hanging in the coal house all the time I was a little girl because I was born into that household. And he used it when he was a boy to fetch water. 
they hadn't got water in that house. And the nearest, well, it wasn't really a well. It was a spring that came out of the um, side of the hill and ran into a horse trough. And the trough then used to scoop the bucket and get water. So it was his job, being the youngest of four, that was passed down to him to take the yoke and go and get water. So it hung in my um, granddad's coal house till my grandma moved out in 1981. Then my uncle took it, cleaned it up, and had it hanging in his cottage as a, you know, pretty, pretty, got the brasses and got the, ho- the yoke and everything. So when we emptied my auntie's house when she um, moved into her home, I thought, I can't bear to part with it, I'll bring it in my loft. <laughs> but that's a yoke. And it's a yoke that was for a specific job. Now, my granddad had to fetch water for his family in all weathers, in the rain, in the snow, in the sunshine. As I say, by the time I was born in 1951, there was a tap in the house. But, you know, I used to give my girls little jobs to do when they were children, fetching the milk in, emptying the bin, setting the table. But nothing is hard work as fetching the water. And he would have been about Alana's age when he had to go and fetch the water. To walk, it was about a third of a mile, because the trough is still there today. Um, It's about a third of a mile he would have had to walk to fetch water. Now, you imagine trying to carry two buckets on the end of the chain without filling your shoes with water and spilling it and messing about like boys do or walking down a narrow pathway. It wasn't easy, but the water was vital. Vital for drinking, vital for cooking, vital for washing in the tin bath in front of the fire. It was vital. He took the yoke when he was doing his duty by serving his family. You get it? The yoke of Christ's service. We we start our duty of service by serving our family. We are family. We are family. We serve one another. That's what our deacons were, were was appointed for to serve the house. And we serve one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's called our ministry. Don't imagine that just these guys are ministers. You are ministers. You are ministering to each other, to one another. Jesus talked to the woman at the well in John 4 about being the living water, springing up to eternal life. That's the water we need for salvation. That's what Danny was talking about this morning. The water we, as Christians, bring to those round about us who don't know Jesus. That's that water. But I'm talking about the water that we bring to our church family, to one another. What are you bringing in your bucket? In your bucket as you serve, what will you bring to this family to meet their needs? bucket full of love comes first. You know, there's certain people that I can go to when I feel down or when I feel overjoyed. And they are the same with me and they will give me a hug and make me feel better. Because they're carrying a bucket full of refreshing that spills over. To Have you got people like that in your life? I'm glad I have. A bucket full of refreshing. There are other things that we bring. We bring compassion. We bring caring. We bring a prayer, we bring a meal, we bring money, we bring sympathy to one another when we take up our yoke of service and serve each other. We don't just go on the tea and coffee rota. We don't just go on the welcome team. We are serving the house. It's an important job is to serve in the house. 
You know, my granddad could have resented fetching the water. I, I bet he did, really, because I don't think it's something I would have wanted to do day after day. And, you know, when you're serving with the wrong attitude, serving with a chore, it's hard work because you resent it. And then you're thinking to yourself, you know, have I got to do this job? Someone else should be doing this. I'm too good to do this task. Even if we don't say the words out loud, they're in our heart, and it spoils our service. We can't serve holding anger or resentment or pride. It just gets in the way and nullifies our service. We've got to serve with the right heart. Our serving will only be right if the heart is right. Remember, we are serving Jesus as we serve one another. Matthew 25 is one of my favorite readings. And Matthew 25, 37 says this. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of one of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Did for me. You know, there were these times when people have ministered to me within our fellowship here, and it's been just so wonderful, and it's been just what I needed. And it doesn't have to be a minister. It doesn't have to be somebody who's in charge. It doesn't have to be a leader. We can minister to one another. We can bring them that refreshing, that water that they so much need at that time, and pour it into their lives. By serving others, we serve Jesus. Just watch what's in your bucket. And take care how you're carrying it. Remember, too, that how you carry the yoke of a servant will be seen. You could have fetched yoke, you couldn't fetch yoke secretly, water secretly with this yoke because they wouldn't have had plastic buckets for start. They would have been those um, metal ones which clang every time you catch it on anything or every time you stumble. You couldn't have done anything secretly. I would imagine that. My granddad walking up the, the road past two rows of terraced houses, past the pub, over the railway line, and over the road, would have been seen or heard by most people. He couldn't do it in secret. And we have to remember that when we serve, we are being seen. So let us, as John tells us in John 13, it says, let our love for one another be evident to all. Let our love for one another be evident to all. As you serve, do it out of love. Do it out of the right heart. Start to serve, and you will start to love that person that you're serving. You know, somebody once said to me years ago, the best way to uh, change a situation where there's somebody perhaps that you don't get on with or somebody that you don't like is to start praying for them. Because you can't pray for a person without getting close to them without coming to love them. And you start to serve what someone, you'll start to love them. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So we're serving each other. Now, you can see what the yoke's made out of. It's made out of wood. And what did Jesus do as his job on earth? He was a carpenter. I would have thought there was a pretty good chance that he made yokes. 
because it's something we don't think about, isn't it, these days? We think, well, carpenters, what do they make? Tables and chairs, yeah. But they would have made tools as well. They probably made plows and all kinds of things that we don't consider. Now, that takes some work. There's quite some workmanship in that because, you know, you've got to hollow it all out. You've got to make it so that it, it fits properly. But have you seen Alana with that yoke? When she put it on, she said, oh, that hurts my shoulders. Her shoulders are quite bony. So, yes, it would hurt her shoulders. But I can't imagine that getting a yoke that would fit, um, say, Jess, the same yoke would fit Alana because it wouldn't. He'd need one made to measure. She'd need one made to measure. And, and as I thought about that, the yoke that each one of us carries has got to fit. Whatever you do, maybe I can't do. But whatever I do, maybe you can't do. This is part of our ministry. That ministry, that service in church, must fit your abilities, your passions, and your giftings. And if the yoke doesn't fit, ask God to show you one that will. You might start doing something, and you might think, you know, I really hate doing this. I really do. Ask God to find you a yoke that will fit. This is the yoke of service. This isn't a yoke of bondage. We can take it up, or we can put it down. We choose to serve. Nobody's making us. We choose. We're not slaves, but family. Galatians tells us it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. We can take it off. We can put it down. So those hands that were nailed to the cross may have been hands that crafted a yoke. Fantastic, isn't it? And there's a song that we used to sing in school, for those of us that are very old. Um, I don't know if you can remember. Lord of all hopefulness, the second verse is, um, Lord of all eagerness, Lord of all faith, whose strong hands were skilled at the plane and the lathe. He was. He was skilled. He was human. He made the things that... You know, might have been made today. I mean, me and Stuart were doing woodwork yesterday, but we couldn't do anything like that. We were putting a rail up to stop the twins falling onto the garden. But it was woodwork, but not as skilled. But our Lord understands. He understands because he's been here. He's done it. He's been human. And he's, he's made these things. So I'm sure that, you know, my granddad had many of his mishaps as he struggled to bring the water back home and had to return to the spring many times. But understand that in the service of Jesus, whatever goes wrong, you can always begin again. Spilt water can be dealt with. Whatever is holding you back from serving wholeheartedly is in the past. Leave it there, deal with it, and begin again to serve. Your family here needs the water that you're bringing. If you read the account in, in John 21 where um, Peter's denied Jesus three times and in John 21, Jesus reaffirms Peter three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lamb, feed my sheep. He reaffirms him three times. Whatever's happened in the past, if there's something that's holding you back from serving, deal with it and start again. And Jesus will reaffirm you in your service. Just talk to him about it. It's possible to serve in church all your life without ever being a servant. You must have a servant's heart. And you can spot a servant 
because they're already doing something. You know that? How do we achieve that? Well, walk in the footsteps of the servant king, Jesus. Read the Gospels. I think that's a, a good thing. I, I write everything in the margins of my Bible. I have to get a new Bible every so often because it's got a lot of marks in it. But challenge you, as you're reading through the Gospels, when you see a place where Jesus is being a servant, when he's showing us how to be a servant, put an S in the margin. I put C's for command, and I, I put all sorts of things, a little heart for love. But put an S for service. See if you think, ah, oh, yes, that's how he did that. And start to grasp that heart of love, that heart of service that Jesus came to bring. So it's an attitude of heart we all need to copy. So did you um, get a job spec to do in the beauty, Elaine? A job specification, have you got now? No? Okay. Well, if there was a specification to be a servant, these are some of the things that I would have on my list. Real servants make themselves available. They don't immediately leap into a list of excuses when asked about anything. They make themselves available. Here I am. What do you want me to do? They make themselves available. Real servants notice the need. They don't wait to be asked. They've already brought the bucket with them. They're already refreshing people. They're already doing it. With real servants, dedication counts for more than excellence. Learn on the job. Real servants think more of others than themselves. That's that verse in Philippians, that being the very nature God was talking about. And real servants do it with all their heart. Colossians 3 verse 23 says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You know, if I'd have asked you for a verse that mentions the word yoke, what verse would you have given me? Yeah, the yoke is easy. My version's like Matthew 28. Uh, Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart you will find rest for your souls. You see, there's a clue. Gentle and humble. Servant. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, earlier in this chapter, Jesus had been talking about um, the burden of keeping the law. But these verses can apply to us as we take up the yoke of service. His yoke is easy. Service to Jesus doesn't rub the back of our neck and chafe because it doesn't fit very well. It's built on that personal relationship with God by the indwelling spirit. I was going to show you a picture tonight, but the guys are having some difficulty. That's why we haven't got the words on the screen. But I've got a picture of when I was in India in 2005. And at one point, we went to Vijayawara, which is uh, probably only 30 miles away, but it just seems like forever when you're in India because it's moving slowly. And on the way there, we passed some carts of oxen carrying sugar cane to the factory. And they were doing this from um, morning, as soon as it was light, to as soon as it went dark, every day during the season when they were cu cutting the sugar cane. And I was going to show you a picture of one of these carts. Because the oxen in those carts 
There's two at the front, and they are yoked together. The oxen are yoked together. And you know, this is a, a double yoke. It's a shared burden. It's a constant helper traveling by the side of you. It makes the job easier to do. And that's like Jesus with us in the yoke. As I serve him, he's there by my side, sharing the load. This is our God, our servant king, and him says. He calls us now to follow him, to give our lives as a daily offering in worship to the servant king. So this week's challenge for us all, church, may we find a ministry that fits us, that thrills us, that brings us joy as we serve our servant king. Amen.